Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today is a Monday. You know what that means. We have a recording of yesterday's sermon for you to listen to. This is Pastor Gary's sermon from February 7th. It's part two in our stewardship series. And this is a good one. Pastor Gary looks at a reading from 2 Corinthians and Paul's instructions about giving, as well as the parable of the mustard seed, which is one of my favorites. And I think that uh, Gary's insights here are pretty unique and pretty interesting uh, in terms of what he does with that parable, how he thinks about that as a stewardship parable. As always, just a reminder, please uh, share this podcast with your friends. We're so excited about the ways that this has been bringing content from Bethany to people far and wide. Uh, feel free to go into iTunes and leave a review or a rating. That does help other people discover the podcasts. And just know that we, we really appreciate you and <laughs> appreciate you coming back week after week to listen to these. But here we go, Pastor Gary's sermon from February 7th. A very simple para- uh, parable for a very complex concept, this idea of stewardship. And of course, what Janet read for us from Paul certainly goes into much greater lengths, but as Pastor Nate pointed out to us last week, Jesus talks about stewardship and in fact talks about money an awful lot, really more than virtually any other topic. He did point out that the one thing Jesus talks about the most is the kingdom of God, But you know, I think this parable that I just read about the mustard seed is actually a stewardship parable. And it's one of those times where Jesus would say, well, of course I was talking about the kingdom of God. Of course I was talking about stewardship. Why would we ever think about separating those? Why would we ever think that Jesus would say, well, no, I'm going to talk to you about stewardship, and then after that I'll go talk to you about the kingdom of God. Or why would Jesus be saying, well, I really need to teach you about the kingdom of God, and then later I'll teach you about stewardship. Instead, Jesus says these things are so integral to one another. They are, they are inexpressibly linked to one another. And so we try to find a way to express it, even though sometimes it might feel a little bit beyond ourselves. Well, I think that Luke gives us a clue, and actually this is recorded, both Matthew, Mark, or all three of Matthew, Mark, and Luke record this parable, but I really like the way Luke unveils it for us, especially in our new RSV translation of of Luke's gospel. As we hear Jesus unveil this parable, I have to admit, for a long time I looked at this as a kingdom of God parable. I looked at this as a tiny little seed becomes a very big bush and the birds of the nests or the birds of the air can make nests and they can find their rest in it. And that was all about the kingdom of God. And I think for most of my life, I missed what is the most important part of how all of this worked. Because this is what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed. That seems to be what's so important here is not that it's a mustard seed that grew into a big branch, but that it's a seed that someone stewarded, that someone took this seed and sowed it. Because you think Jesus could have told this parable in all kinds of different ways. 
I mean, Jesus could have said, there was a bird that stopped to eat some berries, and amidst of those berries was a mustard seed, and the bird ate all of that. And then the bird flew to another place and pooped out the mustard seed, and it grew and became a great bush, and now all the birds of the air can make their nest and reside in it. And it would have been just as valid about the seed and the bush, and it would become every middle school student's favorite parable if they were able to know that Jesus told it that way. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said that someone took this seed and sowed it. And we realize the importance of what makes something the kingdom of God is when people like you and me care for it. When we would think about tilling the soil, because here's the other thing. We also know a parable about a sower went out to sow and seed fell a lot of different places. But here Jesus is very specific. Someone took and sowed that seed in the garden. They put it in a place where they intended to continue to care for it. And that's a part of our call. Part of our stewardship call is to be those people who continue to care for the kingdom of God, who continue to look after what God has given to us and how we can multiply that, how we can bring that to fruition for others. That's what we see happening in this parable. What I would say is there is no kingdom of God without the people of God caring for it, without the people of God choosing to be stewards of something as small as a mustard seed, knowing what God is able to do with that when we choose to be involved. And so then as we look at that, what does that mean for us? And, and we might say that there are some people who would realize they virtually have a mustard seed. I mean, that's what they have as a part of their life. And there are some who have far more than that, who don't just have a, a, a basket of, of mustard seeds, but who have so much more, but so many more ways that, that we can unveil that, that we can steward those resources again so that the kingdom of God can become known. And so as Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, he's talking about that. And he talks about the fact that that everybody has something. And if we choose to sow that, if we choose to, to try to make that turn into more than just it is, in the same way one seed, one, one, one kernel of corn can grow into a stalk and have several ears and all kinds of more seeds to it, if we trust that that one kernel can become more. And so when Paul writes about those who, who sow bountifully or those who sow sparingly, he's not talking about how much you have, but just what you do with what you have. How much are you willing to trust that God can do something important even if you have a little? How much do you trust that God can do something important even if you have a lot? It's not so much what you have, it's what you choose to sow. And the person who sows sparingly 
Well, you're not going to look around and see the results of that. They're just not going to come into your consciousness the same way because you didn't get involved the same way. But those who so bountifully see God's blessings everywhere because they understand that, that with that bountiful sowing comes a bountiful harvest. Now, it might real, seem really odd to be talking about all of this in February when it's not exactly harvest time. And we know that stewardship used to always be in the fall because that was the time that everybody's produce was coming and, and they would bring it and lay those gifts at the altar. And now stewardship is in February because it just seems like we have a little more time for it and a little more time to explore what that means for us. But the principles are the same that we understand that God still calls forth from us the opportunity to be stewards. And so as Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and he talked about that, I realized the different ways that has come through in my own life. And I want to go back to what Paul was saying here because he talks about God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that always by having enough of everything. And that's, that's the real key. God never asks us to give away things that are critical to our being. God instead promises us that we will have enough. And when we have a little bit more than enough, or even a lot more than enough, we'll understand that what we choose to sow for God's kingdom will just be revealed to us in amazing ways. So part of what, what Paul talks about there is the way that we are enriched. And I talked a little bit at Thanksgiving Eve when uh, Sarah Bjornabo and I were, had just a few minutes to talk about, about stewardship as part of that, but I want to go back to something that I said there because I think it's a part of what Paul is talking about in this enrichment. There was a time in my life when giving money to the, the church and, and other God-pleasing organizations was such that I felt at times as if I was kind of on the edge financially. Like I, I knew that I was committed to giving 10%, but that seemed like a lot. And really it called out a lot of trust and a lot of faith in me to be able to give 10%, especially when I would give money away to a God-pleasing ministry and I wasn't always sure how I was going to have enough money to fund things like car insurance and, and food and things like that. But somehow I managed to find a way of faith and trust in all that. And it always seemed like whatever it would be, there would always be enough. There wasn't always excess but there was always enough. And for me, at that stage of my life, it meant there was enough money to meet my obligations. But I realized I'm not at that point at this stage in my life. And so if I give away $100 or $1,000, I'm not looking around wondering where that money's going to come from. I have more excess money now than I used to then. But it doesn't mean that God has stopped enriching me. 
It just means that I don't look around and wonder where the funds are going to come to meet my obligations. Instead, what I've realized is God enriches me not with what I want, but with what I need. Sometimes I just needed the finances today. It's not as critical. What I really need sometimes is emotional support. What I really need sometimes are are colleagues who can lift me up when I'm feeling a little bit low. What I really need is a family to remind me that I am loved. What I really need is to know that God will never, ever leave me abandoned. And that's what I feel today. Now, all of those might have been true 25, 30 years ago, but I actually think I'm more aware of some of those things today, maybe because I have more responsibilities in my life today than I used to. I'm always aware of God's presence in all of that. And so when Paul used to say that God will enrich us in every way, I only looked at my bank account. Now I'm able to look at my whole life and know what God is doing to surround me with God's love in ways that I might have never considered before. And so my life of stewardship takes me into into new ventures of what God does for me. And so my life of stewardship lived out here at Bethany Lutheran Church. Again, I think as I go back to these words of Paul, that's a little bit about what we're talking about here. Because Paul's talking about this harvest. I mean, he's asking people to give toward the church, you know, as the church in Jerusalem was this, this fledgling beginning following Christ, and he talks about the ministry that happens through that. He talks about the harvest of your righteousness. And when Paul's talking about righteousness, he's talking about a relationship, that Paul talks about the fact that when we sow bountifully, the relationship that we want with God just seems to flourish bountifully. This harvest of righteousness is a way of us turning our relational life over to God and counting on God to always be there for us. But in the midst of that, Paul so also admits, this giving blesses the saints. Just the, the, the way you're giving to Bethany Lutheran Church allows us to carry on the ministry that we carry out. The blessings that you're already giving to the Super Bowl of Caring allows people to feel the basic necessities of a meal in the midst of their day that allows them just to think beyond what hunger means for them and maybe even to consider what righteousness would mean for them. Paul understood that that's what was happening through these offerings that people were giving. And to be honest, they continue. They continue in the way that you give to those things that that please God, the way you give to ministries like Bethany Lutheran Church, the way you support hospitals, the way you you support the American Cancer Society, the way that, that you support culture and the arts that can allow people to soar, the way that that you support a music program even within Bethany Lutheran Church that allows us to, to put on cantatas and other things that just glorify God. And that's what Paul gets at right here. Through the testing of the ministry, you glorify God. 
by your obedience and your confession of the gospel of Christ. We confess what we understand about God for our lives through our words that we share with one another, through the times that we gather in Bible study, and even in the way we steward our resources. We turn ourselves over to faith and trust in a God And when we do that, God becomes glorified through our stewardship process. And so Paul ends up this whole thing, this this long passage from 2 Corinthians with this interesting note. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Now I have to admit, Most of the times when I looked at and think about a gift, I'm thinking about something that I can open. I'm thinking about wrapping that I can take off a box and I can look inside and I can see what a surprise it is. What is somebody bestowing upon me? And so when I read this line, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift, all Paul's done is ask for me to give. Where's the gift for me? And I realize... It was the opportunity to give. I mean, truly, the opportunity to give is the gift that God bestows upon us. The opportunity to know that we might be holding a seed and we put it in the ground and trust that God will do something with it. The opportunity that that we might be blessed with some financial resources that we turn over to ministry to see what God might do with it. Because it's an opportunity to say to God, I know, I know you're going to do something with this. Now we might think we're saying, I know you're going to, you know, give it to Bethany Lutheran Church. God, you're really going to do something with it there. I think instead God is saying, when you give it, I will do something. When you steward the resources that God is putting your hands, God says the gift is being a steward. It's nearly indescribable. Because so many times, a transaction is a transaction. I go to put money down for a shirt, and I take away the shirt. And I rarely have somebody run after me and say, hey, hey, here, I want you to have these pants as well. No, I bought a shirt. I get a shirt. That's how it works. The church is a weird place like that. You support ministry in ways that you might never feel like you benefit from. I mean, when you have young kids, you might, oh, I give to the church, but I really want to give it to the youth program. I want to really see what Brian Jaster is going to do with that, and I'll be so excited. But when my kids are, my kids are grown and, and out of the congregation, I'm not so interested in supporting that anymore, but you still do. You might be a person who says, I love this sense of the, the new kind of contemporary music, and so that's what I really want to support. And then the chancel choir gets up to sing, and I'll listen to them as well, you know, but I need to. But that's not where your heart might be in all of that. But here's the thing, in a congregation, you support it all. Things that you might directly benefit from and things that might be almost unbeneficial to you personally, but you give it because you know that it's a part of the gospel message that we continue 
to share. And so as part of your giving, we do invite you to give to Bethany Lutheran Church. We do invite you to know that this is a place that takes the gospel message seriously because we take you seriously. And we want you to know, as Paul said, as much as your giving will benefit the saints, even more so, the gift is you being a steward in God's kingdom. For the kingdom of God is, it's like what? It's like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. And because they were willing to sow bountifully, they looked around at their life and they realized that God was already enriching them in every way. Amen.